Hey everyone, welcome to Caffeinated Humor. You know, there is something about the music that existed when you first got into music that is always going to make it your favorite. I mean, perfect example. I grew up as a kid in the 80s. And the 80s, I've always thought, had some of the better music. However, you talk to somebody who was raised in the 50s, in the 70s, in the 60s, in the 90s. Hell, there's even some some brain-dead millennials that are convinced that the greatest music ever happened happened in like 2002. But here's my question. Name one star that was around that like came to prominence in the 2000s and is just like an unbelievable star that everybody loves. Mm, a lot of dead air going on here, people. I can hear the crickets from here. You know, I'm not even... Back in the 80s, I was a fan of Madonna, but then she became a little bit too self-indulgent for herself. But her music still stands. I mean, it's still decent stuff. You know, and the newest iteration of her. In the beginning, Lady Gaga was trying so desperately to be Madonna. And then, here's the really interesting part. Turns out she's wildly talented. So all of her talent began to come out, and guess what? She started just dressing like a normal person. Now, the difference between the two, I think that she believes in her... She has that self-confidence. The problem with Madonna... I think Madonna questions herself way too much to the point that she begins to see, I've got to change myself. I have to reinvent myself. Well, what about the old you? What about the you that put you on the map? But I think that's where a lot of stars go through, is that they don't... They either hang on to what they were and beat that until it's dead, or they keep trying to come out with something new about themselves. You know, maybe Madonna would still be popular among everybody if she had stayed with who she was back when. You know, take a good look at Mick Jagger. I think the man's in his 80s. He's still cranking it out, packing stadiums. His show is still good. And guess what? He still dresses relatively the same. Still the same dude. That is the epitome. That's you got to think about that as the goalpost. It's like that's where you're trying to spike the ball. Whereas at any given moment, Madonna could have simply said, here's the goalpost, and spiked it. She's one of those stars that was maybe not an Elvis, but she's in that group. You know, I think Elvis, what made Elvis the wild, overwhelming, worldwide sensation that he was was that there was really nobody else that had ever attained that kind of fame before. So he was the first one. And I saw a documentary the other day about uh, the appropriation of black culture, and I think it had a lot of things to do with the people around him. I don't think he had an opinion one way or the other about it, but you take a good look at the guys who are explaining about Elvis and his music, and it's, you know, they're, everything they say when it has to do with the the white influences is beautiful and pristine the the pristine bluegrass and the you know the angelic sounds and and then every time they talk about the blues it's you know the gritty dirtiness of of the blues and the the filthy you know 
mindless lustfulness of the... It's everything they had to say about the blues was just shitty. It's like, okay, but you also have to take into account what it was like back in those days. You know, the opinions. And unlike many millennials, they you can't erase that. Because to erase it is to almost try to act like it never happened. And that's exactly how it happens again. You know, to re- forget history is to repeat it. Well, how many times did they want to do this? But, getting back to music, and quite honestly, if there was anybody who was, you know, 400 years ago, Madonna would have been one of the more prominent slave owners out there and wouldn't have given her shit. But, I'm not sure how we got off on this tangent, but I think if you take all of that... There's a weird angst that comes into music because some people will simply hear it for the lyrics and the other people will fear it, hear it for what that does in their soul. And it might create a little something. And all of a sudden, you know, somebody's listening to a song and it's the most beautiful love ballad they've ever heard. And then somebody else listens to it. And it's like, this is their marching orders to go out and blow up a, a bank. So I think it affects everybody differently. And I think if you wrap all that together, just the the wild range of emotions that music can bring up, it brings you to today's episode. Bob Dylan is the death metal of folk music on today's Caffeinated Humor. So I hate folk music as a general rule. So when I enter Starbucks, who I always think of Starbucks as going through that adolescent crappy music phase, my day just gets that much better because... Oh, the 60s folk music is on. It's a lot like having a mild case of the flu. You feel a little off, nothing tastes right, and you're always a little bit nauseous. And in the back of your head, you don't want to fart because you may shit yourself. Coffee, specifically a strong Guatemalan roast, has a strong enough taste to not to be bothered by that shit. And some things never change about coffee. But, and I think most would agree with me, Bob Dylan certainly had a a, kind of a certain window of a listenability. And it was a long time ago, that window. So the window has not only closed, but the new tenants have nailed it shut, boarded it up. Not without a reason. I watched a movie the other night that had Bob Dylan in it. For those that have never seen it, it's a little slice of heaven called Masked and Anonymous. And on the Internet Movie Database, imdb.com, here's the description. A singer, whose career has gone on a bad downward spiral, is forced to make a comeback to the performance stage for a benefit concert. Am I wrong, or is that Bob Bob Dylan's career? I mean, it's possibly the most ill-conceived, poorly done film in the history of Hollywood, and I'm also including the Blair Witch Project in that. Hell, the only thing missing on that movie was uh, Shaky Cam on Masked and Anonymous. The part I don't get is that John Goodman was in it. And I mean, he was in The Big Lebowski, for God's sake. The guy is Hollywood gold. And so was Jessica Lange. The woman is pure sleeper hotness. If you've never seen The Postman Always Rings Twice, take a little break, go look at it. The girl was just sex on a stick. Now, the two of them should own add up to solid movie. So why does the movie suck? After much thought, I keep coming back to Dylan, the mumbling poet himself. 
Dylan is synonymous with the 60s, the whole misguided decade and, and, and the thoughts behind it. It's always interesting to talk to a true 70s hippie. I mean, they'll tell you about how they changed the world, but if you press them for details, they tend to get a little sullen and then they slip out to go get high. And if drugs expand your mind, why do the people that take them always talk about the same exact shit? Now, as part of my extensive research on folk music, that's about 15, 20 minutes on YouTube, I am currently listening to Dylan's Times They Are a Changin' on YouTube. It's a solid song. You can even make out most of Dylan's words. But that is old Dylan, or rather young Dylan. Old Dylan, also known as now Dylan, sounds like he's got about a half dozen marbles in his mouth. And his sense of timing is just gone. One mumbled line runs into the next without pause, and even the piano player is having trouble keeping up. Alright, enough with the Dylan rant. It's almost too easy. Here's a poem. I saw the best minds of my generation destroyed by madness, starved, hysterical, naked, dragging themselves through the Negro streets at dawn, looking for an angry fix. Angel-headed hipsters burning for the ancient heavenly connection to the starry dynamo in the machinery of night. Yeah, that's the kind of shit the 60s offered. That's How by Allen Ginsberg. Widely reputed to be the finest poet of the 60s. Suddenly the 60s makes sense if that's your finest poet. I'm stunned by how badly Ginsburg needed a beating for this self-indulgent crap. That's a quote, by the way, and I was, incidentally, thrown out of my college comparative literature class for stating that exact quote. Some hippies, especially college professors, have no sense of humor. I think my biggest issue with folk music is the folks that make the music. Whereas the music itself, there's more than a couple that aren't bad. Don't tell anyone I said that, though. It's kind of embarrassing. It's like saying you like ballroom dancing. Meh. Time for some coffee. Coffee.